0: You are listening to Beyond Busy, the show where we talk productivity, work-life balance, and how people define happiness and success—all the big questions for work and life. My name is Graham Alcott. I am your host for the show, and my guest this week is Christina Kisley. She is the founder of Kisley and Wild. She's got thirty-plus years' experience as a coach, as a growth catalyst, and just someone who really understands both business and collaboration and people. um, And I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. We are basically using for this episode, the audio from a free webinar that we put on a little while ago. And it was for World Kindness Day. So the topic that we're going to be talking about this week is the productivity of kindness. And this is a topic very close to my heart for reasons which will uh, become more obvious at the end of this episode. I have a very uh, special announcement to make at the end of this episode so uh, stay tuned right till the end grab yourself uh, a cup of tea or coffee uh, or a glass of wine depending on um, what time of day or evening you're listening to this and let's get into the episode obviously the wine is if you listen to this in the morning so my guest is Christina Kisley and we're talking about the productivity of kindness and one of the things that I want to uh, plug as part of this is a thing that we're doing together over four weeks in January. We're going to be running together a thing called The Kindness Happening. And it's a a limited Zoom group, uh, maximum of 40 places, four zero places. Um, So pretty uh, small little group. And the idea is we're going to be talking about kindness at work, uh, kindness and its effect on productivity, and uh, all kinds of stuff around that. So um radical uh, honesty how to give feedback with kindness you know really talking about some of the the ways to have difficult conversations at work in a way that's kind and authentic and really holds that person at the center of the conversation so um, this is something that chris and i've been talking a lot about just behind the scenes um for quite a while and we would love you to join us at the kindness happening so it's happening in january and um the reason it's called the kindness happening by the way is that it's not a workshop and it's not a focus group. It's basically a gathering. So it's bringing people together. Chris and I are going to lead it. We're going to have um, a fair amount of content uh, to to give to the group at the beginning. But really, it's about who else is in the room. And we've got some great people in the room, including um, my uh, colleagues from Think Productive, um, Haley Watts and Grace Marshall, uh, both uh, people who've done this podcast before. Actually, Haley's one hasn't gone out yet, but um, we've recorded it. And um, we've also got uh, Magnus Wood, who is the founder of The Kindness Consultancy, going to be joining us on uh, week one's call and lots of other stuff happening. So it's going to be a really interesting way to reflect on how you deal with people at work. It's hopefully going to give you lots of practical tips and tricks, as well as hopefully just helping to build some momentum and a bit of a movement around this idea of kindness at work and being more human at work so if that at all sounds interesting then go to eventbrite put in the kindness happening and you'll find details Uh, we've tried to keep the the ticket price pretty low um, and there is a little discount code which i will give you at the end of this episode as well um, with my special announcement so if you want to do that go to eventbrite.com and put in The Kindness Happening. And we'll also put a link, obviously, in the show notes, which is at getbeyondbusy.com. Getbeyondbusy.com. And uh, you can just jump straight from there to the Kindness Happening page. So let's get into this episode. This was originally recorded as one of our Think Productive free webinars. And we also have some other webinars around the Uh, book that i'm releasing in january with colette hennigan uh, called how to have the energy all about nutrition and eating well to have good energy for work so if you want to sign up for those go to thinkproductive.co.uk click on the free webinars tab Uh, Those are happening on the 7th of December, the 11th and 16th of December. So free webinars all around nutrition. Uh, Colette, voracious uh, reader of the science of food and uh, qualified nutritionist, she she will have all the answers if you bring your questions to those free webinars. And uh, we'll see you there. So here is uh, last month's free webinar, which uh, is myself and Christina... And uh, we call this the Productivity of Kindness. I think you're going to really like it. And so let's get into it. Welcome, everybody. It's lovely to have you with us. We've got 66 people joining and it's uh, shooting up. And this is a very special uh, free Think Productive webinar for World Kindness Day. So happy World Kindness Day. Um, We're going to be talking about the productivity of kindness, and why I'm on a bit of a mission to spread kindness uh, more generally. I'll introduce uh, Christina in a moment. So uh, Chris is a friend and colleague. Uh, We've been working together quite a lot over this year and um, just has some some incredible perspectives on kindness. So I just thought it'd be really good to double act this and uh, introduce you all to Chris and Chris's work. So, um, those of you who uh, don't know me, so I'm Graham Alcott. I'm the founder of Think Productive, um, and we have for the last uh, decade or so been on this mission to help organisations to make space for what matters. Um, So that is all about um, helping people to get their inboxes to zero, uh, to really think about um, productivity in a very personal sense, um, and to help them fix their meetings. I'm probably best known for the book, How to Be a Productivity Ninja. And I also have two books coming out next year. So How to Fix Meetings with my colleague, Hayley Watts, and How to Have the Energy, which is all about nutrition and eating well, to have the best energy for work. And also I have a a podcast called Beyond Busy. So if you're not into uh, subscribing to my podcast yet, then uh, go to your podcast app and subscribe to Beyond Busy. Just had Anne Bowden, um, the CEO of Starling Bank, Uh, on the podcast yesterday which was great fun Um, and one of the reasons I'm talking about kindness a lot um, today and more generally not just for World Kindness Day is that one of Think Productive's uh, values we have five values in the company and one of them is trust and kindness are our rocket fuel so I'll be talking a little bit later about what that means and how we use that in practice Uh, but let's um, start just by introducing Chris.
1: Hey, so my name's Chris Kissley, and I have an organization called Kisley and wild in the States. I live in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and I have been working with Graham. Actually I've known him for about three years and I've been working with him a lot through the pandemic. So I know a lot of people have gotten closer throughout this time <laughs> and we're, we're no um, exception. Um, one of the, one of the values at Kisley and wild is to perpetuate kindness. And so, um, and Graham and I didn't even actually know that about each other. Like we didn't know that the values of our two companies were in alignment. So when we found out it was kind of just a bonus, but our thing is all about treating um, people with honor, dignity and respect um, regardless of how you might feel in the moment. Cause I do a lot of leadership development work and a lot of teaching people how to engage, especially in the tough times. And then also practicing non-judgment and compassion. Cause we can all use that a little bit in the world.
0: Um, so, Um, If you are familiar with Productivity Ninja, you probably know that there are nine characteristics of the Productivity Ninja. And the ninth one, which kind of wraps everything together at the end, um, is the idea of human, not superhero. So when I wrote Productivity Ninja, the idea of this characteristic was, um, we all have limits. And you can, if you uh, incorporate all the right productivity habits and skills, You can seem like you're a superhero. So you can be the person at work who is turning up on time to the meetings with a really nice file with all the right stuff printed out and ready to go. You're responding really quickly to your emails. Uh, You seem to just be on top of uh, your game and on top of your work. Um, But you're not a superhero. There are no special powers. Um, So actually, a productivity ninja is just a human with good skills and doing the simple things consistently and well. It's really about recognizing that we all have limitations um, we can't push ourselves too hard or we'll face burnout. And we really need to therefore embrace the human side of how we work. And I think as time has gone on, um, human, not superhero out of the nine characteristics is probably the one that that resonates the most with people. Uh, you know, when we're in companies doing workshops and people go, oh, yeah, I'm human, not superhero. I need to think about that. So I think it's something where it's led me on to this whole conversation with different organizations about how can we be more human at work? Um, and the benefits of being more human at work, which I think many of us really recognise and also a lot of people feel quite scared of. There's some kind of uh, notion that you need to go to work and sort of put on a cloak or a veneer or a mask and you know, be acting in a different way um, that wouldn't necessarily reflect your personal values. So I've been thinking a lot recently about why that is, and um, I'm going to call this the ruthlessness fallacy So we tend to adopt and perpetuate in our culture a whole series of very uh, bad archetypes around the idea of the business baddie. So when we think of leaders, when we think of entrepreneurship, we'll often think of figures like Steve Jobs or Donald Trump and obviously in fiction, people like Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. And when business is portrayed on TV, it's in shows like Shark Tank and Dragon's Den and The Apprentice, Shows that are always, you know, very dimly lit. There's kind of music that goes on in the background that makes it seem like everyone's conniving and evil and and doing bad stuff. And I think what's uh, interesting to me is that this perpetuates in the culture where people feel, you know, even friends of mine will say to me, "Oh, you've been an entrepreneur for twelve years. You must have had to step over loads of people in order to be successful." And you know, my um, You know, my response back is always, well, no, like, why would you think that of me? You know, it like, just feels like a really weird um, assumption to make about anybody. But I think what's happening here is there's this fallacy where, and it's often referred to as survivorship bias, because Steve Jobs behaved in the way that he did, and then was successful. We put two and two together and say he must have been successful because he behaved like that. And, you know, I would like to just um, flip this around and say probably he was successful in spite of behaving like that, Right. People often say of Donald Trump, um, you know, he well, he does bad stuff, but he gets things done. And it's almost like we have to tolerate this really toxic, bad behavior um, in order to, um, you know, to sort of experience the the successes um, that he has off the back of it. And I think this is just really wrong. Um, I think the reason that this perpetuates um, as a myth, this idea of the business baddie is that there's a. A tiny part in all of us that is curious about what would it look like if we behaved in this really terrible way and there's a curiosity about that but these people their stories are told over and over again not because they are um, you know good examples of leadership or even common examples of leadership. Um, they're remarkable because they are the outliers they're, they're the, not the norm they're not how most people behave. and if you look around your own businesses you probably see loads of examples of um, slightly more um, heroic, compassionate, empathetic leaders. Um, and I think we need to create more of a platform for the real heroes. Um, so Mary Portis, the retail guru, talks a lot about kindness, um, both in terms of kindness to her customers, kindness, kindness to her staff. Often in retail, you know, you're, you're working with people who are on casual contracts, they're low paid, and using kindness as a way to really make people feel valued, um, really, really important. Um, Nick Jenkins from Dragon's Den. So he was um, one of the dragons who only was on the program for, I think, one or two series. And when I interviewed him for Beyond Busy, and you can go and check that in the the previous Beyond Busy episodes, um, there's this really interesting conversation where I say to him, were you trying to be, it felt like strategically you were trying to be the nicest dragon or the kindest dragon? And he said, well, no, that's just how I've been successful all through the years. You know, he built Moonpig as a very successful business by being reasonable. So when he's on the show and he's giving people advice, even though he doesn't want to invest in them, then it's just not good television. Right. Like people want to see the tension of someone being screwed over or, you know, uh, being you know, seeing those really kind of ruthless, baddie uh, behaviors play out. And the other ones on there, John Timpson. Um, very famous, uh, you know, Timpson's um, Shoes and Key Repair. Uh, strange kind of shop, I guess, Timpson's, isn't it, when you think about it? But his um, one of his big policies in his business is to give second chances to ex-offenders and to give um, all the people who work in his business a lot of autonomy and trust in the way that he works with them. And that becomes something that when he shows loyalty to those people, it gets repaid tenfold. Um, and on the right-hand side of the screen there, Tony Shah from Zappos and Oprah, um, you know, both people who are you know, really thinking about kindness for um, the staff that they work with. Uh, Zappos is really legendary for its customer service and, and kindness. Um, and Oprah just bags of empathy. Um, so people who I think are just really at the forefront of doing business in a much better way and just re- rejecting that whole business baddie narrative. Um, We can't really talk about uh, kindness and leadership without talking about Jacinda Ardern. I think when we look at the last few months, there's been a lot of articles written about the the gender um, responses to COVID. So, you know, how how typically a lot of the countries that have had female leaders um, have dealt with COVID in a much better way uh, than those with male leaders. Um, It's interesting when I've talked about kindness Uh, and kindness and leadership to friends and colleagues, often some of the responses I get from women is they almost have like a, a sort of negative reaction to the idea of kindness and leadership. And one of the things that that that's uncovered is that there's this book called why nice girls don't get the corner office. And essentially what this book talks about is how uh, women, if they want to succeed in business and they want to get the corner office, which is the sort of the, the cornerstone of success, You need to be more brutish. You need to be more male and masculine. And, you know, it's a a masculine dog eat dog kind of world. Be more like that. And I would say that right now, if we look at what's happened with COVID, we need the opposite book to that. We need the book that shows men how to uh, take on what are often seen as female traits. I think it's wrong to see them as female traits. They should just be seen as human traits. But traits of empathy, uh, kindness, listening. Um, you know, we need to have a book for men that teaches them how to be more like Jacinda. Uh, and I think the reason for that is that when we look at the future of work, when so many of uh, the jobs that people do now will be automated, I think what will come to the forefront will be human beings and, you know, human behavior, managing and working with humans, collaboration with other humans is going to become more and more the essential skill of business because a lot of the other stuff we can do with robots and machines, right? Right. But actually, how we uh, interact with each other, collaborate with each other, uh, for me, becomes um, you know, really critical uh, to our success. So as I mentioned before, um, the, one of the, the values of Think Productive is trust and kindness are our rocket fuel. Um, and there's some, some thinking behind that. It's not just, um, you know, uh, kind of nice, fluffy words. Um, I think genuinely, by being kind to the people that we work with, we have a stronger, more robust business Um, We have a more loyal staff team. um, And ultimately, it drives our productivity, creativity, problem solving, all of that stuff. Um, And the way that works is that um, when you're kind, what you do is you elicit and produce empathy in people. And by doing that, you uh, gain trust. And if you think about all of the different transactions that we do in work and life, right? So whether you're buying a product, whether you're deciding to work for somebody, whether you're collaborating on a, on a project with people, um, all of those transactions are based on trust. So the more trust you have, um, the easier it is to come to uh, you know, negotiations, decisions, uh, deals on, on these different things. Um, you could do uh, a big deal with Donald Trump or Steve Jobs once, but you probably wouldn't want to go back and do it, do it a second time. So actually the leaders that are able to build that trust and, and produce win-win deals... Um, are the people that you're going to come back and work with time and time again. And ultimately, in organizations, I think something that um, we really need to aspire to is the idea of psychological safety. So from a point of trust and psychological safety, it's much um, easier for people to uh, contribute, you know, perhaps uh, a really crazy way out their creative idea or say, actually, everybody else in the room agrees on this thing, but I disagree and I've got a different point of view. And sometimes we need that critical thinking, we need that creativity, um, and we need that honesty in the way that we work. Um, psychological safety is something that um, I think often gets talked about in uh, organizations, you know, in the HR department, but isn't necessarily um, as well known uh, just like across the organizations. Um, Chris, have you got any um, thoughts on that? Like, why, why are we not talking more about psychological safety? So it's
1: interesting. We actually talk about it a lot in the U.S., so, um, organizationally, um, a lot of the, um, leaders in team development, like Patrick Lencioni, he actually does talk a lot about psychological safety and the Harvard business review does a, has done a lot of articles. Um, and especially in the last probably two years, we've been talking about it, but I actually think sometimes it's not very, acce- it's not an accessible, um, yeah. definition. So people are like, What? Yeah. Uh, you know, so you talk about it, it feels very academic. And so I'm glad that we're actually doing what you and I are doing because it's going to help people really understand it at a level where you can actually go make changes tomorrow.
0: Yeah, for sure. And to get, you know, I, I kind of feel like we need to get it out of um, just the L&D team, right? And just, and this becomes a thing that everybody is focused on in organizations. Um, we're going to talk about the seven traits of kind leaders um, and then give you some practical stuff. That you can do around this. So um, the first one is that a leader needs to have a clear vision and clear value. So clearly, if you're going to be a leader, you need to articulate the destination that you're going to take people um, along to.
1: And then the second one is focus. And it's a focus on driving performance. It's a focus on results. And so it's competing and winning together.
0: And um, the third one is people first, work second, always. Um, this has become a bit of a personal mantra of mine. I'm going to explain um fully what it means um, in a couple of minutes time
1: the fourth one is self-awareness so it's understanding both your strengths and your weaknesses and being able to actually get out of the way and let people do their thing um, when you're not good at it
0: Um, trust builder so helping to build psychological safety building autonomy um, and encouraging healthy conflict i think sometimes we Uh, We shy away from conflict. No one really likes conflict, Um, but actually we can use those disagreements to actually build more trust.
1: The sixth one is cultural architect. And this is all about making sure that you're rewarding and recognizing the things that you say are important in your organization. And so it's really remembering as a leader that the things that you put up on a pedestal, um, metaphorically, are the things that people look at and they'll
0: want to um, do the same. Um, and then finally, humility. So um, taking responsibility when things don't go well, and then giving credit to the team when things do go well. Um, I think uh, ego is a really funny thing in uh, in business in general. Uh, but just being aware of, of that ego, I think, is um, just a huge responsibility that we have as leaders. So... I think sometimes we, sometimes we confuse the idea of kind with the idea of nice. Um, Chris, tell us what the difference is and, um, and how you see it.
1: Yeah, I, it, this is actually a really great conversation because um, it really does get confused. So if you think about nice, nice is more um, not telling the truth in case it hurts someone's feelings. So it's the thing where you're like, oh, I didn't say that because I was afraid of what would happen. And kindness is thinking about making sure that you're telling the truth, but in a way that is for the person. And so um, that's when you actually have dealt with your own feelings before you go have a conversation with someone so that when it comes out, whatever comes out, that the truth is, um, it's able to be heard. Mm -hmm. Um, the second thing is like, um, nodding your head in a meeting, but then going out and either talking in the parking lot or calling somebody and being like, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. And we actually call that the dirty yes. So it's saying yes when you actually meant no, um, if you're kind about it, then you actually just respectfully disagree and you disagree with not the person, but the idea. Um, and then the third one that we thought about was being too agreeable or malleable. So you're going along to get along, um, kind people actually stand for things, but value and respect other people in the process.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's funny how nice can often mean that you're just shying away from any Conflict or disagreement, right? Which clearly, when you know, when we're in the business of of trying to you know change things, uh, trying to come up with new ideas, like you need a little bit of disagreement, kind of healthy disagreement and um, healthy conflict, in order to make a lot of that stuff work. want to about radical honesty.
1: Yeah. Um, So I think this is one of the really, like really practical things um, that you can do is that if you want to actually have really good conversations where you're telling the truth, but being for someone, the first thing you have to do is look inward. And so you've actually really got to figure out like, okay, so how am I feeling about what's happening? And then why am I feeling this way? This is so that you can actually get out of your own way so that when you go have the conversation, you really are for the person that you're not caught up in your own drama. So it's everything from how am I feeling? Why am I feeling it? To also, what's the story I'm telling myself about why this person did what they did or why something happened? And um, as Brene Brown says, is that you want to actually have the most generous interpretation of someone else's behavior. And so making sure... That you don't think, oh, this person like did this on purpose or you know they were trying to get something or this was their ego. You actually are like, you know what, I, I'm going to bet that this person didn't even know that, that this had the impact that it had. And so you go into that conversation assuming no ill will whatsoever um, and you set it up for success before yeah. you go in.
0: Renee is like Yoda, right? That thing about the generous interpretation of other people's behavior. I just think it's so, so powerful.
1: Yeah. Feels Mother Teresa-ish.
0: <laughs> yeah. um, so um, let's talk about giving feedback with kindness. This is a, a little model that Chris is going to share with us. And we thought we'd title this one. That sucked, but I love you.
1: <laughs> yeah. So when you, um, when somebody does something, but, and you need to actually give constructive feedback. So you need to share like, hey, you're off track. You want to be really, really... So you do the first thing first, which is like check in with yourself. Kind of how are you feeling about it? what's the story you're telling yourself? And then you get down to, all right, I'm going to deliver really um, truthful, specific feedback. And then we're going to have a discussion about it. And so the big thing here is to think about the fact that People typically have one intention and they often have a different impact. And so if you believe that even when someone has screwed something up or something hasn't gone well, if you go in believing like, okay, their impact didn't match their intention, but I bet their intention was good. So let me just say, okay, so in this situation, here was the behavior and here's the impact it had. And, um, I like to give the impact on the person. So like whether it was, um, you know, your peers aren't exactly sure how to engage with you now or, you know, something to that effect. You share the impact to self and the impact to others and then the impact to the business. And then what you say is like, I'm sure that that wasn't your intention, but it was your impact. So let's talk about how do we make sure your intention and your impact equal one another. And then you have a really good discussion about like, hey, tell me what you were trying to do. How do you feel about what happened? What do you think you can do differently next time?
0: Yeah. And I think sometimes a lot of these kind of conversations, they can feel awkward. And so just having those really simple, you know, um, little bullets to hit and just a, a, a structure to guide you through um, some of those conversations, I think can be be super helpful. Um, let's talk about perspective taking. Um, so I love this this phrase that you gave me the other day, before someone will listen, they need to feel understood.
1: So perspective taking is really all about, so let's say you get into a conversation and you realize that you're kind of rubbing and maybe you don't agree with what the person said or they're, um, and so I was like, okay, so pause, back up and think about the fact that really to have somebody listen to you, you really need to make them feel understood. And the way to do that is through something called perspective taking, which is where you are like okay tell me like what happened for you how did you feel how did you experience this thing and what you're doing the whole time is saying like all right so you felt this way about this thing and your perspective was this and then you actually say like thank you so much for sharing that i would have not seen it that way or i, I that gave me some insight that i didn't have before But what you do is you actually believe that their perspective and their experience is real and true for them. This isn't about like you can't agree or disagree with someone's perspective because it's theirs. And so what this really is all about is making sure that somebody feels like you see them, you hear them, you are working really hard to understand them because... That level of like kindness and engagement and empathy really makes people feel like you care, which also makes them way more open to listening in whatever, yeah. whatever rub you're having.
0: I also love to thing that you said to me recently about this, which was that if you if you understand the tool of perspective taking and you are skilled in being able to do that, then that means it's always your responsibility to play that role. Because in order to to diffuse it, you need one person to right. So if if the, if this is something that you're familiar with and you've had training in or or just uh, feel comfortable in, then it's your responsibility to uh, be the one to do that. Which I think is is just a really important thing as well. Um, productivity is about making space for what matters. That's a, a, a phrase that I uh, talk about a lot, and I think um, never more so than this year have we. Uh, been forced to confront a lot of the stuff that does um, really matter. Um, And I think this is really what I want to end on, which is um, I wrote actually a a blog post about this recently um, under the same title, people first, work second, always. Apple's just going to share that, I think, in the chat. Um, And this has become a bit of a personal mantra of mine over the last few years. We actually had about three years ago, a period where it just seemed like everybody on our team was going through really difficult stuff, you know, breakups, um, very sudden bereavements, really difficult stuff happening. Um, And for a while, we started to think that uh, our company and the people in our company were kind of cursed. And then after a while, we realized, no, this is life, right? Life is suffering, you know, to think about it in a a very Buddhist sense. Um, But people first, work second, always. Um, The definition of this really is that um, when somebody comes to you and they say, and, "and they say, hey, there's something really big going on in my personal life, um, I really don't know, don't know what to do." The answer is always: drop your work, go and deal with what you're dealing with, take as long as you need, and then come back to us. And uh, the the thing is that is that is always true, right? So the always has a double meaning. There are no exceptions to always. Even when you're really busy, even when you're on a deadline, it's your job as a leader to replace that person on the team if they have to drop everything and and go and do uh, something like that uh, and need to be away. And always is also about saying it's always somebody's always, right? So there'll always be someone on the team that either needs to be away or perhaps just needs some extra support. And just recognizing that people always come before task, I think is just a really uh, critical thing. Um, I kind of thought that this was something that I'd, I'd adopted as a mantra Uh, like in more recent years, the last sort of four four or five years. And then I put it out on the blog the other week. And um, my number two in my first uh, really big job reached out. I hadn't spoken to her for about five or six years. And she was like, do you remember when we worked in London and new people would start and you would always say, go and get your house sorted out. You know, how long will that take? Just let us know. And then your start date is after that. Even when we had really critical stuff going on. And I was like, oh, isn't it? It's nice to know, like reassuring to know that this is something that I've, Um, you know, really uh, been thinking about and kind of using um, for a long time. Um, So as I say, I I really feel like there's, um, I'm going to open this up for questions in a moment. I think um, uh, I've definitely found over the years that when you uh, put people first and work second, you build incredible loyalty um, from your team. And that's not to say that work doesn't matter or you don't have high standards with your work. I I really do. And I set the bar, um, you know, really high for my team as well um but it's about recognizing that there's always stuff in our lives that you know um that is 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 either going to help us with our work or really impinge on our work and we really need to recognize that it's humans doing that work um so people first work second always i'd love you to uh, check out that uh, blog post but i think it really has a huge effect on productivity and ultimately it's just a power for good to be thinking about kindness um there are cynics and there are people who will say well, what's, uh, what's the ROI of this? You know, how does this drive profit? Uh, you know, like surely we need to be more cutthroat. And I think in the, in the world, um, you know, we need to go out into the world and, and capitalism is about competition, right? So we need to go out and compete. Um, and there are times where our organizations need to be cutthroat, but then within ourselves and within our teams, we need to also be kind. And so that kind of marrying up of cutthroat and kind think for me um is a really important thing to to recognize and if people are asking you about what's the payoff for this and you know we don't have time for kindness and all that kind of stuff and what's the roi um, i'll leave you with a quote from gary vaynerchuk what's the roi of your mum?" and that's it so um, let's open it up for some questions i know there's a few questions in the q a um already so richard says question for chris if someone gives you as they describe brutally honest feedback which in my experience is often more brutal than honest, um, how should you respond, if at all?
1: So interestingly enough, I always tell people to say, say thank you, period, and then walk away and then process it with somebody else. Because um, sometimes people use that whole brutus, like, brutally honest uh, title as um, a reason to give you... Um, like judgy feedback and so
0: also, I it always, was like license to not be tactful isn't it often like I'm, I just say it like it is and it's like well no you need
1: <laughs> what's well, licensed to be mean about? sometimes yeah. Yeah. like when when I hear the word brutal I'm like uh,
0: mm.
1: it truth does not ever have to be brutal it can always be like both truth and grace together yeah. it can be for you right and so yeah there's a there's a lot there's like a lot in that sometimes people are trying to like try on a new skill or something like that and so here's what I always do I'm like okay thank you and I go process it like I go call Graham and I'd be like hey I just got this feedback it actually felt like crap to get it but I'm sure that there's a nugget in here so help me mine for what actually I can take out of this um but I don't I don't engage when somebody says that typically because it often kind of is
0: like <laughs> um, John Brady uh, put a question here presumably it's worth spelling out to your team that your perspective is that their intentions are positive yeah I think probably if there's a if there's a flaw in the people first work second always approach um, the only flaw in it would be that if you had somebody whose intentions were not positive then they could see that as licensed to be taking too much time away or Uh, to be kind of, um, you know, uh, taking advantage of um, that trust and autonomy. Because I think ultimately it is about trust and and autonomy. And I think those are the things that ultimately build, I think, a really successful culture. And I think if you um, have people who just are not bought into that culture and don't really chime with it, then they probably shouldn't really be there anyway, right? So that's about hiring and kind of recognizing um, that the people that you bring in, um, you know, share your values, are have some kind of connection to the mission, um, and I think you know maybe that's a, a slightly more difficult thing in larger businesses than smaller businesses. But then, as we've talked before, you know, Moonpig, Timpsons, there are so many examples of organisations that are very hot on you know putting trust in people, giving autonomy to the right people, and and helping them to to live out those values. But yeah, absolutely, you want to be making it clear that like we think your intentions are positive and we you know we think you believe in this at least nearly as much as 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 I do or we do. I often uh, think
1: it's really good to actually do team norms and have assume positive intent be one of the team norms that you have. And then it actually level sets that expectation for everybody on the team. Yeah. Um and then you can always go back to like let's practice this. And so it's a really good just goes in line with the expectations for sure.
0: Um, Question here, when putting people first and your business involves serving people, so like schools, training, nursing, etc. And an employee need conflicts directly with the needs of the clients, which people's needs come first? Is it still the team, the needs of the team always? Or is it the children, ill people, etc, etc? I think this is a really good question. And it's kind of like a A sort of ethical riddle, ethical dilemma in some ways. But what I would say is having spent the first few years of my career working in the charity sector, where a lot of people are uh, constantly, you know, uh, three days away from burnout, and, you know, strung out from caring too much and doing too many hours. I think it's really important in those kind of roles to be much more respectful of people's personal boundaries and work-life balance, because, you know, particularly because they're people who are there because they care, um, often, you know, more motivated by that caring than necessarily the money. And so, you know, for me, those are probably the places to double down on people first, work second always. And, you know, and what that then involves is, um, you know, different conversations within the team about who's going to pitch in and cover for that person. Uh, It might involve bigger conversations around resourcing, and I know obviously in places like the NHS, that's just a really difficult um, circle to square. But I think we're talking about sustainability here, right? So unless, unless we work out, um, you know, how to uh, manage people's work life balance on a consistent basis, then people will leave. And that's certainly what happens in places like the NHS and teaching. And, um, you know, people just burn out because they don't get the support that they need. So I would say those are the places when it's, when you're, When your industry is caring, you need to double down on caring for people.
1: I was just going to say, it just reminds me of the whole put your oxygen mask on first before you put it on your child like in an airplane. And so, yeah, I think that just underscores Mm. it. Um,
0: Question here from Katie. Hi, Katie. Um, How do you help your team move from niceness to kindness?
1: That's such a great question.
0: question.
1: Yeah, I was going to say one of the things that I would definitely do is have the conversation about... What is the difference between nice and kind? And why do we want to move from nice to kind? Because it's really all about getting the best from people, having them be honest about what they're thinking, how they're feeling, what they're experiencing, what their perspectives are, um, and wanting to make sure that you as the leader understand, how do I make this the safest place possible for people to lean in especially as they're moving from nice to kind because there's a lot of fear about what if I say what I'm actually thinking what if I stop nodding yes um and so there are little things that you can do like in your meetings institute I mean this is just a practical thing but institute no dirty yes so explain what a dirty yes is and um say like hey we want a clean yes like Don't say yes if you mean no. If there's something that you have a reservation about, get it out there so we can talk about it because we want you to have a clean yes going into this decision so that you can execute on it. And so um, but the first place to start is have the conversation about what is nice, what is kind, and why would you make the move? And I think be honest about how people feel like what's at stake, right? So people actually, they feel like, ugh, that's a vulnerable place to be, and so we want to make sure that we set the team up with support that their vulnerability won't get shut down.
0: Yeah, um, I did a podcast a little while ago on Beyond Busy with um, David Barquet, who's the one of the Navy uh, captains. He wrote the book Turning the Ship Around. If you've seen that TED Talk, um, really brilliant TED Talk, and he has this follow up book called Leadership Is Language. And in the book, he talks about the phrases that we can use as leaders that are quite lazy and ultimately are not genuine questions, right? So um, things like, is everything okay? Are we all good? Does everyone understand? Like, there's no answer to that other than, yep, yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> even when you don't. So flipping that around and at the end of meetings, I heard a, a, an example the other week. Um, Tesco has a, a sort of formula for meetings, and one of the formulas in every tesco meeting is at the end um people say what they're happy about in that in reaching that decision and also what their concerns still are which i think is a really um uh, useful way to make sure that there's always a vessel for that honesty and always a vessel for that um you know very constructive uh disagreement or um just showing that there are different perspectives and i think you know groupthink becomes a huge um issue in organizations if we don't have some kind of level of honesty. So yeah, check out, um, David Marquet's, um, work. Um, he was on the Beyond Busy podcast, but the book, um, Leadership is Language, I think is, um, a really useful resource around that. Um, we've got a few more questions and I need to shoot in a minute because I am going to speak at Kindfest in a minute, which you're very welcome to, uh, join us for all afternoon. Um, but just before we finish, um, if you want more stuff from us, I'm going to be doing a couple of webinars around my new book with Colette Hennigan. It's called how to have the energy. So if you want to sign up for one of the free webinars on that, all about how to eat well, to have the best energy, um, for your work. And then Chris and I are going to be doing um, a thing that we're calling the kindness happening. Do you want to talk about the kindness happening, Chris?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're going to do a four week Zoom event starting in January um, to talk about the um, kindness in leadership and about how you do that. And so we've picked four like super relevant topics and we're going to talk to some leaders in the kindness space as well as the two of us we're going to talk about things that are um relevant so we can give you things to do like tomorrow afterwards and we're going to have you interact with each other do some activities and do some q a as well so we're pretty excited about that Um, so it starts uh the 14th of january
0: yeah and if you want to get involved with that if you just go to eventbrite and just put in uh, kindness happening, uh, it will come up. We are the only event called Kindness Happening. Uh, Apple's just put the link in the chat here as well. Um, and if you use the code NINJA15, you get 15% off. There's also an op- opportunity to buy one ticket for you and gift a ticket for somebody else, pay it forward. So if you're able to do that, and uh, really encourage you to do that. And yeah, really looking forward to just delving into some of those uh, key topics around uh, courageous conversations and giving feedback and um, how to manage healthy healthy conflicts um, over the course of the kindness happening so uh, come and get involved with that we'd love to have you with us uh here's a good final question before i leave you chris and i'll leave you in.
1: and i'm gonna say yeah
0: leave everybody in chris's capable hands um, <laughs> i couldn't agree more with the people first work second always value but any advice on how to manage directors heads of et etc Uh, against this value when pressure is being applied to perform against targets. So I guess that's saying like if people are kind of, uh, you know, kindness is all very well when things are quiet, but like we're under pressure and we've got targets to hit so we we don't have time for kindness, I guess. What do you think?
1: Well, yeah, so it's, so that's one of the times where you, um, all your influence or all your relationship building is going to have paid off. And so that you get to have that conversation with somebody where, again, you're kind with them, where you just say, hey, do you have a minute to talk? And then you sit down with them and you just say, this person has something going on. Like it kind of depends on the situation, but you would say, I'm sure you didn't know this, but this person has this thing going on. And um, I'd really like to talk about how do we support this person as as their are trying to perform, but also trying to take care of what's happening, right? So um, it's, that's when you actually stand up for uh, the value in the organization and you pull somebody aside and say, Hey, I'm sure that like you don't recognize that when you send emails at 2am on Saturday night and then you tell people you don't expect for them to answer them on Sunday but you have to understand the pressure that they feel because of who you are. You're having those conversations. um, And you just try and influence the best that you possibly can, right? You can't make decisions for people, but you can make them aware of things that they are not aware of.
0: Mm. Yeah. That's always a thing where often, if you've been in senior leadership roles for a long time, you just forget the impact because it's been so long since you felt intimidated by a senior leader, um like people just people just forget the impact that that stuff has right
1: yeah yes and they just have gotten they've they've been so they're so far away from the work of the day-to-day work that they don't even remember what it takes often to get something done or how much time it takes
0: yeah and i'm gonna head off and get into the backstage tent for kind fest so um lovely to see you all here thanks chris for Uh, being part of this and yeah, really looking forward to The Kindness Happening in January. So come and join us for that. So as you heard there, we are doing this thing together, The Kindness Happening, which launches on the 14th of January 2021. So if you want to be part of it, then just go to eventbrite.co.uk and just put in The Kindness Happening. And then you'll get the details for uh, our four weeks of Zoom calls. It starts on the 14th of January. And if you want a discount code to get some money off, then just put in Ninja 15. So Ninja and then 15. And that'll give you 15% off the price as well. We've tried to keep the price pretty accessible because we really want to have a nice broad range of people. And it's limited to 40 people. So when it sells out, it sells out. Will, will we do it again? I don't know. Maybe not. I think it might be a one off thing. The idea is it will spark lots of conversation as well as um, leading into uh, some of the work that we're both going to be doing over the next few months. So don't miss it. It's going to be a one off thing. The kindness happening 14th of January and use the code Ninja15 at Eventbrite to get money off. I have a little bit of an announcement to make on a similar theme as well, which is this is not something that I've actually uh, written down publicly or put on my website or share with anybody. So you're going to be getting a little bit of a a Beyond Busy exclusive here at the end of the episodes. And that is that I've signed a deal with Penguin Business to write a book. And the book is going to be on the same lines as we just talked about. So it's going to be all about kindness and leadership, why kindness is a really underrated leadership trait. How you can foster kindness in yourself and in your team and in your organization. And I'm really excited about it. It feels like a little bit of a step into the unknown for me. I've obviously been known as the productivity ninja guy for, I don't know, 11 or 12 years, something like that. So it's a long, old time where my work has been really centered around productivity. Now, as you just heard, I passionately believe that the more kindness that you spread, the more empathy and trust you generate, and therefore, the more productivity you get from your team. But this is a whole new subject matter, a whole new area. And it's, uh, you know, a very interesting step into an, an, a, a kind of whole new world, really. So I'm really excited about it. I've um, obviously been putting myself out there a little bit on this topic for a little while. been talking about it in my Rev Up for the Week email list, which if you're not on, you can just go to grahamalcott.com and I just send out positive or productive Uh, Thought into your inbox every Sunday night for the week ahead. So yeah, I've been talking about it there a little bit, and then I did a couple of events for World Kindness Day in November 2020. But really, as of next year, I'm going to be cranking up the my my new role as ambassador of kindness going into 2021. Feels like this year people have really needed it a lot. It feels like a word and a theme that's been on everybody's lips and. I want to keep it that way. I want to make sure that we build on this and, you know, really start to change how we view culture at work and being human at work and all of that stuff. So this is going to be my, my next, the next stage of my life's mission, really, really excited about the book. Uh, it's a little while. Um, the process with Penguin Business is quite a bit longer than the process with my previous publisher. So my book deadline for the first draft is October, 2021. And currently we're thinking about publication date as being somewhere around October 2022. Such a long project, but one I'm really excited about. And obviously the release of it will hopefully be the first step in a long uh, association of me and my work on this topic. So really looking forward to it, getting stuck in with it. There's going to be a bit more uh, coming over the next few weeks on this topic and me sharing it. So uh watch this space and i'd love to hear your thoughts on it so it's graham at thinkproductive.co.uk if you've got anything to share with me on that and as ever we're always looking for guests to be on the show we've been a weekly podcast this year and i thought maybe we'd be struggling to find guests and keep up with that relentless drive to record one one a week and put put one out once a week and actually we are booked up until about march april time emily always tells me off because um If I say March, it really means it's like June. (laughs) She's way further ahead than me. Uh, But we are booked up in all seriousness for quite a bit of um, the the kind of winter and spring of 2021. But um, we're always keen to hear from uh, like recommendations for guests. If you want to put people forward, Um, put yourself forward if you like as well. But I I actually usually prefer it if if it's someone else um, putting you forward. And um, as always, really keen to make sure that we've got a good diversity of guests so i don't just want lots of white men Uh, i want lots of women i want lots of people of color i want lots of people from all around the world actually as well like we've been as a podcast pretty focused on uk people and i think as the podcast goes a bit more global as we've really stepped up our game this year um we are definitely open to uh, making our guests a bit more global as well. So if you've got people that you think might be a really good guest on the topic of productivity and work-life balance and how people set up their life and uh, how people define happiness and stuff like that, then um, yeah, drop drop me a line. It's Graham at ThinkProductive.co.uk. I realise I'm rambling because I'm actually recording this on a Friday afternoon and it's been a long week. And uh yeah, that that may well have been quite a rambly end to the podcast, but. Uh, hopefully you've um if you've seen it through this far then thank you and well done <laughs> thank you for indulging me um but we'll be back next week we've got a real life spy coming up on the podcast next week so that's exciting uh, someone talking about their life um in government playing really prominent roles uh in various government departments and uh intelligence agencies and stuff like that and it's all about how to think like a spy. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a fascinating conversation. I think you're going to really love it. So, we'll be back with that episode next week. All the show notes, previous episodes at getbeyondbusy.com. See you next week. Take care. Bye for now.